you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Vidite ako se napravi greška, tako ki bude kobna, nema vraćanja nazad. So, Europe need to to remain more Gigantic U.S. construction corporation Bechtel finally gets its no-bid contract for a highway in Macedonia and then turns around and insults Macedonia and Macedonians, calling them, quote, North Macedonians, unquote. Contract mafioso murder erupts in downtown Skopje among the various Albanian drug gangs, or is it weapons smuggling gangs? And then policemen are beaten up by similar gangs. NATO now refers to Macedonians as, quote, North Macedonians, unquote. And Gabriel Escobar, a deputy United States Secretary of State, calls Macedonians, quote, Orthodox people, unquote, when comparing them to, quote, Albanians, unquote, in Macedonia. Is this official U.S. State Department policy now? We'll discuss all of this and more in this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Vigo coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Cvetan Chilimanov in Skopje, Orthodox Macedonia. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, uh, I am writing an article about this, of course. And, uh, and it's true, you know, most Macedonians are Orthodox. That is not, that is not untrue. But mm. uh, to, to call them, um, to call, in, instead of calling Macedonians Macedonians, he calls them Orthodox people. Why? I think he did that on purpose. That's a preview shadowing my uh my column but but let's let's start let's start with Bechtel uh because that mm -hmm. seems to be the big uh the big uh deal this past week uh granted the it's gigantic US corp, uh, construction company that seems to get bids in countries where the US military has been or mm -hmm. uh, there's been a significant US president uh so I I want to get the uh the in, the insults out of the way first then we can talk about the no bid and how that all relates to mm -hmm. Macedonia uh so they put out a press release uh, on March 9, I think, and, uh, and four times in the press release they say we are delighted to work <laughs> with we are delighted to work with the North Macedonian government. Uh, they talk yeah, about they hiring. Really rubbed it in. <laughs> yeah, hiring North Macedonians, uh, the North Macedonian Minister for Transport, and North Macedonian government teams. I mean, come on, people. Yeah, Did, yeah, yeah. What is is Angela? Uh, what's her name? Aguilar, the, our ambassador. Is she not doing yeah. her job and kind of coaching <laughs> these people? It's just. It, it, it's anyway. Um, so. No, but it's. Yeah, it's much worse, ahead. actually. You you give this money. Everybody knows that Bechtel works for the State Department, and this is the bribe you pay for either for the U.S. not to tackle you, not to give you any grief, not to color revolution you or anything, or if you want to advance somebody with regard to some of your neighbors, some of your national interests, you give them money. This is the render unto Caesar, the bribe you give them. <laughs> uh, and uh, the least they're supposed to do for, for this amount of money is, you know, they should be helping Macedonia with regard to Bulgaria. They should be helping us, I don't know, relax some of the conditions with regard to Greece, since we're not getting any of the perks from the Prespa Treaty, like EU membership. So, you know, if, if you pay 1.3, 1.3, Seven is now a billion. You know that's the starting price. 
uh, euros to the U.S. government, you're supposed to get something for this, and not, you know, uh, the same company calling you North Macedonia and the director, you know, the State Department calling you Orthodox people and, you know, just rubbing stuff in. Yeah. So let's 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 talk about what was the is 1.7 billion euros you said. Uh, well, I think they're at parity now. The US, the dollars. I mean, a billion here, a billion there. Pretty soon, you're talking yeah. about real money. So, <laughs> who's um, counting? So, yeah, one point three. Okay. But this does not include uh, purchasing the land where the highways are supposed to go. So it covers uh, the highway from. Uh, so uh, it's it's our uh, our north south axis is developed well. We mm-hmm. have. Uh, Highway to Belgrade, highway almost, you know, the border is closed with Kosovo from Skopje. There is highway from in Kosovo. Uh, we have highway to Solon. Mm-hmm. So basically the north-south is covered. But we don't have an east-west highway and we don't have a lateral highways to Stru- Strumitsa and uh, Bitol. Bitol mm-hmm. is especially important. Yes. So this thing, uh, we have highway from Skopje until Gostivar. Although only the first section, Skopje to Tetova, looks like something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we have with the Chinese, we're building a highway from Kichovo to Ohrid, close to the border with Albania. So now this new deal will cover a small server with Albania to Struga, practically to Ohrid. It's actually not that small, it's still 20 kilometers. Uh, then there is the Chinese are building from Ohrid to Kichovo, which is about 40, 50 kilometers. Uh, uh, over rough terrain, and this was blocked by the SDSM government. They're arresting the uh, transportation minister who made the deal. They destroyed the construction company which was building this. So this project is, has been blocked for for uh, 10 years now. We're building it for six years. It's been blocked. Uh, it would have been finished by now, no problem. Then there is a horrible section, mountainous terrain, from Kichovo to Gostivar. This is the main part of the deal with Bechtel, and it's going to cost us 560 million uh, out of the 1.3 billion which were discussed, which were signed on to. Then there is, so we cover, so this covers until Gustiver. Then Gustiver to Tetov, as I said, there is a highway, but it's very narrow. It's just two lanes, even though it's the Pollock Valley, it's very flat, very easy to build there. But uh, we build it uh, after independence, but it's pretty poor uh, quality of highway. So now the plan is that here Bechtel is going to build a completely new uh, highway. So I think this one is either being demolished or it's going to be used for one of the sections and then uh, the other is going to be built anew. So this brings us to Tetova. There is an okay highway from Tetova to Skopje. Uh, they will build a highway from Skopje to the border with Kosovo. That's like 10 kilometers, but uh, Bechtel is already building this, or true intermediaries. Uh, this was started under mm-hmm. SDSM and Dewey, and they're getting nowhere. They, they have trouble building the uh, 50% of the initial two-kilometer section. They managed to divide 10 kilometers into three sections, and they can't build. They're building half of the first section, so which comes down to 1,000 meters. They're still building it for several years. <laughs> and they will <laughs> build a highway between uh, Prilep and Bitola through the Pelagonia Valley, which is very flat terrain, very easy terrain to build over. And then hopefully we have a, 
long-lasting, another major construction deal started by Grisk and completely blocked by SDSM is from Prilep to uh, Negotino, to the highway, to the north-south highway. So mm-hmm. if we build the one between Prilep and Bitola through Bechtel, and if we finish the one already started by Gruevsky from Prilep to the to Negotino, then we will have a highway to Bitola and a highway to Ohrid. And then we still need to build from Skopje to Kumanova, there is a highway, and Gruevsky projected a highway from uh, uh, Kumanova to the border with Bulgaria. But I, I'm not sure. SDSMC, they're building something. I haven't seen proper reports. You know, they haven't visited the construction site or I haven't seen pictures. So I don't really know what's happening there. But uh, the idea would be to have a highway from Ohrid, the border with Albania, over uh, through Skopje, Kumanova, and then to the border with Bulgaria, to Tustandil. Mm. This would be the north, uh, the east-west corridor. Now, they said it's going to be $1.3 billion, but then they told us that there is, this does not include the uh, purchasing of the land, which will be needed. And about 50% of the land is privately owned, and they can uh, owners can block this in court. It can take forever. The government today said that they're allotting $280 million to buy the land, so we're getting to $1.6 billion. But the owner of the land has a say in this, so... <laughs> it it probably will not yeah. be one, and this this goes through Albanian land, and they will be overrepresented in the negotiation team and in the government, so they can uh, you know they can completely block a village can completely block the construction, and they can extort the government or they can jointly extort the government with with the help of the Albanian coalition partner, whoever is the local feudal lord there. So they can really ramp up the prices here. And there is no way this is going to cost us just $1.6 billion. Uh, Well, yeah, all, all, no government project in any country around the world ever comes in at the cost mm. that they say it's going to come in. And it always is much higher, um, no matter who. And, uh, and of course, the, the, the big thing about this is, is no matter what the price, whether it's 1. 1.3, 1. 1.6, 2.6, 3.6, uh, it's yeah. a no-bid contract. So they didn't. They, they just went out and said, okay, you know, you, you've got it. And, and to be fair, of course, this is a, it's a, it's a U.S. Turkish consortium, Bechtel mm-hmm. Inca. Uh, but still, uh, it's a, um, a reward of sorts, I suppose, to, um, to the government for, uh, for bending over and doing what, uh, Kale and the State Department has. No, it's about. not, it's uh, not a reward. It would be a reward for the government if, uh, you know, if we had a bid contract, like we had for the uh, section of the north-south highway uh, around Demirkapia Gorge. So practically, Gruevsky was able mm-hmm. to negotiate. It was like three, four hundred million. And Gruevsky was able to negotiate with the EU that uh, the EU pays half for this. And then he went around. Mm-hmm. He, didn't, he wanted to make a point that with, the EU is not buying him with this money, that he's not going to make concessions or national national issues for this money, so he named the highway Alexander the Great, as a Greek right. company won the bid and was building this. So if you have a bid, uh, then the EU could it will probably go to an EU company, and then the EU would give you the money for it, half of it. I mean, this is how Greece built its highways. This is how Bulgaria is building its highways. Uh, 
a reward for the government would have been 50%, 70% uh, EU funding for this project. <laughs> but instead, we are, because the US government installed uh, the SDSM Dewey government, and they spent what was our estimate about 60 million, what is known in State Department USAID funding for the colored revolution. Uh, and they want a return on their investment. And this is how they're now extorting Macedonia, which by every right should expect infrastructure funding for the EU, for everything, for all of this bending over backwards, which you mentioned, and getting no nothing in return. Mm -hmm. At least we should get infrastructure funding. But instead, uh, we, can't, we can't sign a, a much cheaper deal with the Chinese as we did under Gruevsky when Gruevsky realized that EU funding is drying out since he wouldn't bent over backwards himself. Um, so he went to the Chinese and the Chinese said, fine, this is peanuts for us, no problem. And he got a much cheaper deal for the highways uh, with uh, Chinese funding. And, you know, listen, I had this, uh, I've mentioned this, I think, in the podcast, I've written about this. I had uh, Phil Ricker, our friend from, uh, who, after he was ambassador in Macedonia, after he was, uh, he went back to uh, DCS, uh, the Balkan uh, undersecretary, and, you know, he openly told me, we, uh, I was asking him once, what, what's the reason in the early stages of funding the colored revolution, the NGOs, the protests, uh, this was 2012, 2013 sometimes, and he told me, you know, he would say the usual stuff, like it's the corruption, it's the human rights issues, blah, 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 and then as item number three in outlining problems he had, the State Department had with Gruevsky, he would tell me, it's the infrastructure spending, you're giving it to the Chinese, not to Bechtel. And his approach was like, I say this to Milo Yukanovic, the pre president of Montenegro as well. Uh, he was also building some Chinese uh, highway, and the US wanted the money to go to Bechtel. And he said, look, Milo, you have a watch. Is it a real Rolex? Implying, of course, that Milo is uh, running cigarettes, smuggling, and all other businesses, so he has a Rolex. So is it a, a Chinese Rolex, or is it an original? So, you know, you want a Chinese highway or a American? So, like, it would be more better quality if it's American, but it's very clear that after we had uh, that major scandal in Kosovo, when Kosovo signed <clears throat> a deal with Bechtel, which then exploded in its price, doubled, tripled, I don't know what, and then the Ambassador, the U.S. ambassador to Kosovo, Christopher Dell, was immediately afterwards appointed director of uh, Bechtel for, I think, a whole section of Africa, like all, I don't know, sub-tropical Africa, equatorial, I don't know what, what Africa <laughs> it was. Uh, and then he was named uh, director, I think, of uh, Bechtel for Mozambique or something. He still works in African infrastructure. So, yeah, it's very clear that the ambassadors, the embassy hands who will make this deal happen, have a very good future career in uh, in Bechtel because they're literally taking away like what's it like twenty percent of the Macedonian GDP of, uh, in one fell swoop. Uh, so the best option is EU fund, EU paying half or two thirds or whatever. Second. Worst option is uh, China paying, for, you know, going to the Chinese. The worst option is getting the most expensive highway imaginable from the U.S. government. No bid contract. Uh, 
no U support. And, and, and at least, okay, and in this case, at least you get the, <clears throat> you get meetings with the State Department. You can use this leverage uh, to have some influence in the State Department. And you can, ask, you can have a ask from them. But our government uh, appointed the Deputy Prime Minister Artan Grubi to uh, run the negotiations. And we had dozens of meetings, Grubi with uh, Kate Burns, Grubi with uh, Aguilar now. And uh, he's the one pushing the whole thing. So we are paying the entire country, mm -hmm. but Macedonians more because there are more Macedonians in this country. We're paying a king's ransom to the Americans, for to the U.S. government for... Uh, running, ruling over us, instead of the U.S. as the capital-rich uh, hegemon giving us the capital, and we, as an infrastructure poor, but, you know, still some workforce, blue-collar people, just building the highways with American capital, we're giving our capital, which we don't have, to the U.S. government for this, and instead of getting a geopolitical uh, foot in the door, like... Uh, we can demand something that somebody lays off the Bulgarians, the Albanians, the Greeks, so that somebody gets off our back for something. It's, it's the Albanians getting, with their own money, they're buying even more leverage and influence in Washington, even though the Albanians obviously already have 10 times more influence in Washington than the Macedonians. So we're literally paying uh, for further lobbying for the Albanian nationalist causes in Washington, it will not be even a nominal Macedonian like Kovacevsky securing a meeting in Washington with uh, Blinken or whoever, because we t after spending all this money, it will be Artan Grubi having a meeting there. That's that's the <laughs> the worstest part. We are triple screwed with the deal. It's all going to end in tears. <laughs> <laughs> it's a disaster. Uh, well, it's which a is why you have disaster. to laugh, I guess. So um, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, well. Couple couple of things, and that's that's a great explanation there. Um, first of all, back on the Chinese, um, of course, the Chinese would demand something as well. You know, anyway, that's the way yeah. that's the way great power politics works. So, but you know, here we are coming up on thirty two years of, of Macedonia's independence as a modern day nation state, and the you know there are still are huge sections of the country without a decent highway. Uh, and of course, I've been around so long. I remember the Skopje Tetovo when it was one direction, mm -hmm. one lane, one direction, and yeah. one lane the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, of course, now it's, it's much better. Uh, the uh, as you mentioned, the Merkapia to Givgelia, which uh, Grevsky arranges, is, is a very nice highway. But then you got these, and, and and I've been down. You know, it seems like it's been ten years. It feels like it's been ten years. Maybe it's maybe it's less driving from Skopje to Ohrid. Uh, by way mm -hmm. of Tetovo and Gostovar and Straja, etc., and it just seems like that that the portions of that highway have been worked on forever, uh, which yep. they have. So, uh, and it's and again, yes, it's it's all about um, well, not all about, but the fact that there's the no bid contracts, and then who's in charge of these? It's Artan Grubi and the power, as we've talked about here on this podcast many times, the the number of, of ethnic Albanians that are now in either ministers or deputy ministers, which I think is about equal to. The number of Macedonians and others. So, uh, well, it's you know, it, it, ultimately, it's up to the Macedonian people if they want to stand for this, or if they want to literally, if they if they will just take this line down, or if they're going to stand up and do something <laughs> about it. So, actually, it's not anymore. We had the the prime minister going to parliament. And he said, 
the people were opposed to Prespa, the people are opposed to were opposed to Ohrid before. They're opposed now to the French uh, proposal on Bulgaria. If we listen to the people, you know, where would we be? We would not be in NATO. We would not be where we are now in this beautiful position we are. <laughs> so he essentially said, you know, screw the people. I, I don't have to. I don't need to have the consent of the government. We have to advance the ball. He was talking about Bulgaria, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just writing your favorite uh, concession of the day. Well, in in earlier times in the world, if he had said that, um, he probably wouldn't have gotten out of there alive. But uh, yeah. yeah, well, that's too bad. He uh, he's he of course is better than you, better than everybody else, better than all of us. So, yeah, uh, he yeah. knows what's best. <laughs> so. uh, yeah. All right, um, let I want to since we're kind of talking about State Department and things like that, I touch mm. real real quick on. Uh, Gabriel Escobar, uh, who is a U.S. Deputy Assistant Secretary and been meddling in the Balkans and in Macedonia for a long time. He did this um, interview with a publication called uh, Pavlovich Today. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know who she is. She's she's new to me. She's, a, I guess, a Serbian uh, yeah, journalist. Serbian girl in, covering the state of Yeah, based in Washington, D.C. And So it was a, it was a wide-ranging interview, mostly about Serbia and, and Kosovo, but then they you know, went to the other countries as well. And and Escobar says that Macedonia is, quote, a true example of peaceful coexistence between Albanians and Orthodox people. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he used the N-word when he just described Macedonia. I just didn't want to put that in there. Um, but it's it's just, it's a new low. It's it's interesting because, you know, we see on the Twitters uh, people using the uh, the Macedonian flag uh, emoji instead of um, the word yeah. Macedonia. Mm-hmm. And as uh, as one of our f- mutual friends on t- on the Twitter has pointed out, uh, the Macedonian flag is not an adjective; uh, <laughs> it's a symbol. Mm. So, but this is this is really quite a a, a new low um, to call yeah, yeah, Macedonians as the Orthodox people. I mean, you you, you got to be a pretty audacious prick to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and and he knows damn well what the adjective is, and he chose that deliberately. So, I think people that are listening should. Call the uh, U.S. Embassy on in, on uh, Calais, or call the Macedonian government, and especially members of the media should ask the State Department uh, and the embassy and the Macedonian government if th- is this official U.S. policy now to refer to Macedonians mm-hmm. as quote Orthodox people unquote. Uh, it's yeah. just kind of amazing. And then, kind of following on with that, we all remember um, Hoyt Yi, the the meddling and middling State Department official who would often come to Macedonia mm-hmm. and basically tell Macedonians how awful they are. Uh, and and you found this that he's now senior vice president of global affairs at Contour Global PLC, which mm. I believe is an energy company, and uh, they're based in Britain. I think he works in New York City. But mm-hmm. where is one of their major projects? <laughs> Bulgaria, <laughs> where uh, it is uh, it. it Produces energy, which goes to neighboring countries such as Greece, Turkey, Macedonia, and Serbia. So uh, it's just an example of these State Department officials who work in the region uh, and then go to work for very large corporations, whether they're American, British, or whatever, uh, that also work in the region. So, uh, Yeah, Bulgaria is one of the few countries in the region which has excess energy at this point because they have a nuclear plant. Mm-hmm. They didn't listen to the EU to close the whole thing down, and they still kept half of it or uh, two-thirds of it operating. So this is a large coal plant which they have uh, in the center of the country. Where's Greta? Which this, 
contour, yeah, exactly, <laughs> which contour runs. And uh, on our side, our government practically sabotaged our own coal production. We had, we, we ran into the Ukraine war, into the crisis with almost no coal on stock because Zayev kept saying that we're going to close down the coal mine, listening to Greta, we're going to replace it with uh, green energy. And now Zayev, Akhmiti, Kovachevsky, they all own uh, energy companies, energy trading companies. So practically they're, they have they collapsed domestic production, made energy much more expensive for the private sector. They're subsidizing households through the budget. Uh, but... Uh, the private sector has to buy electricity on the free market and they have to import it from somewhere. So Zaev and Ahmiti, their children have uh, set up uh, trading companies and they're helpfully offering mm. electricity from where it can be had. And uh, Hoiti, their friend who put them in power, is helpfully selling them this electricity at much inflated prices to the from the Bulgarian uh, coal plants. Mm. So they're sabotaging our, our own country to so they can make a quick buck on, uh, on true imports on through a crisis situation and then on top of this after, since there is a crisis they really developed a taste for for a crisis uh, a, a management of the economy so practically they have um, during covid um, they would close down these sectors of the industry then negotiate opening them they would directly negotiate with the restaurant owners, with the supermarket owners. When do we open? How long do we work? And this obviously very affects the bottom line of the companies. So they had every industry coming to them, uh, begging for, you know, to be allowed to work. And the government was very, you know, sometimes they would oblige, sometimes they wouldn't, depending on uh, how much bribe they would be offered. So now the Ukraine war is the next Thing, which offers them to make the same uh, relationship, you know, power relationship with the private sector. So now there is no electricity. There is very little domestic production. Companies are, say will go bankrupt if these energy prices continue. Mm -hmm. So the government offered them subsidized energy. But then after a while, they said, oh, but you, you didn't lower the prices of your products by enough. Uh, after we gave you subsidized electricity, the company said, listen, we have a bunch of other expenses. You're hiking the minimum wage. Oil is through the roof. Uh, so labor costs are through the roof. Uh, everything else is becoming more expensive. Uh, inflation, you know. Uh, and the government said, okay, so we will regulate the price of bread initially. We had uh, shortages of bread for a few days until the bakery said, okay, we'll start producing some quantity under the new price. You, there are still intermittent shortages here and there, but the companies are preparing a lawsuit against the government, mm. which will probably also be some kind of a negotiated deal. Once this government collapses, I can expect that the the companies are promised, once we are out, once Vimmer is in, we will expedite this through courts and we will you know, welcome Vimmer in power with a bill of, I don't know, 50 million or something for damages caused to the milling and baking industries mm -hmm. and now the government wants to do the same thing to the uh, companies pr uh, selling pasta and producers of dairy products milk and uh, cheeses <laughs> so they're openly blackmailing these companies uh, uh, we will lower your you have to lower your prices by x by 10 percent and then we will freeze these prices starting i don't know uh, the end of this month i think 
So it's open extortion of, of businesses uh, under the guise of, you know, there is war, there is crisis, there is uh, electricity crisis. We helped you out as a government a few months ago after we caused a, a crisis in the in the energy sector and we are profiting privately. Uh, Zayev and Ahmed, through selling of, through importing electricity, Kovachevsky has uh, a share in a company that produces solar panels and he's handing out licenses for industrial solar plants um, offering if you buy his solar panels you you can get a permit to build a a, a plant which after which the government will mandate purchasing of your electricity at a much inflated price because it's green energy you know mm. so they're profiting from this pri- privately they damage the entire economy and the households and then okay we we helped the businesses a little but because of this now we are a shareholder in your businesses and we can set your prices and mm. regulate your prices. So it's complete gangsterism. Gang- well, open gangsterism. Yeah, okay. Well, that, that's a good transition to this this next subject, but uh, oh, yeah. but also the the government officials are still involved in the cannabis business as well, right? Uh, yeah, that's not that hot anymore yeah. because what, they're now making uh, uh, extortion money from uh, bread and uh, cheese. <laughs> it's much easier if you can uh, <laughs> fix the price of these products, you don't have to go with uh, exotic plants and uh, the actual criminal market. Well, it, so it just goes to show that that you can you can take any uh, product and turn it into a mafia business. Um, mm. Actually, uh, over here, the uh, the cartels in Mexico have been involved in um, illicit uh, avocados. Avocados, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're brutally killing people in Mexico over avocados. Over avocados, exactly. So, uh, yeah. but speaking of killing, um, so yep. you know the the crime crime in, in Macedonia has gone up under the current Sidisa Dewey government. Uh, no surprise there, but the the level of the audacity, I suppose, is the right word mm. of of what's going on. So last week, so two uh, two mafioso figures were killed in down basically downtown Skopje, essentially. Uh, and as I understand it, uh, the perpetrators, the attackers, came in. They were wearing police uniforms and, with automatic weapons, and they shot them in the head and then fled probably mm. to Kosovo. Uh, just kind of extraordinary, really, how brazen that is. Yep. Uh, and then a couple of police a few, a few days later were, were beat up uh, by another gang. Um, so for, on these... On these, on these uh, the first uh, attack did they have they found the killers or any more word on that no of course not yeah. and uh, uh, we were suspecting because the timing was interesting uh, I mentioned Artan Grubi as he's negotiating the highways mm-hmm. uh, he's signing deals with uh, construction companies who are then getting a cut of the highway so practically he had a, a deal uh, his friend bought a hotel on Popova Shapka and the ski resort from the company that got one of the um, highways, uh, which is building one of the highways, and you'll probably get much more of the uh, highway construction deals uh, with granite. Mm-hmm. His brother then bought some real estate in downtown Skopje no, uh, for, for pennies on the dollar. So he's becoming a big power player in these deals. And he's facing a rebellion in Chire, in the, in the part of Skopje where he used to be. Powerful, influential, through running hooligan football gangs. Mm-hmm. So another group. They used to be split like 
Artan would be more like a nationalist, secularist, pro-American guy. The other guys would be more like Islamic um, in their uh, demeanor, or how do we call yeah. it? And uh, <laughs> so they're now trying to oust him, this group, and they're leaving the party. These are the two votes that uh, Dewey lost in Parliament after uh, the election of the new government. So uh, it was suspected that these guys had something to do with the uh, feuding in Dewey, that they were on one or other side of this divide because they're uh, drug guys uh, who actually, one of them actually survived a very prominent assassination attempt in 2019 when a group of people opened fire on him again from automatic weapons mm. in uh, the Alexander Palace Hotel. Wow. Um, even more prominent yeah. place. Now they were killed in a shisha bar, even though an expensive and, you know, posh shisha mm. bar in the, in the bazaar. Um, he survived like a literal, you know, uh, movie-style shooting in the, in the hotel. Uh, there is still not clear, like, whether these guys were working for Artan, uh, whether they rebelled against him, who organized the hit. Uh, we uh, widely believe that they are linked with a very powerful, uh, with the Sheval from Gerchatz, the powerful <clears throat> drug lord from the village of Gerchatz, just west of Skopje. They are a prominent mafia drug uh, cartel in Macedonia at the moment. Uh, so this was the one assumption that it's both drug-related but also political as Dewey gangs are fighting with each other over control of uh, the center of Skopje, this central neighborhood in Skopje. Hmm. Well, uh, you know, the... I have no problem if they kill each other, literally, but mm. the danger of innocent people getting hurt in the meantime is goes up every time there's an attack like this. So, um, well. And uh, Zayef is getting involved as well. Uh, in the, so, in the uh, shooting? <laughs> yeah. So Zayef had, so, uh, if, if it's the political angle, yeah. not just the drug angle, um, there was a major development politically in that... Uh, so, you know, the government uh, brought in the Alliance of Albanians, but lost uh, the alternative party and lost these two members of parliament from the Artan Grubis rival gang in, uh, in Dui, mm -hmm. in Skopje. So, uh, Zaev had over the alternative party, which is now a, a critic of the government after being in the government for a year. Uh, Zaev had the leader of this party in Strumica. Mm -hmm. After he had Ali Ahmeti... Uh, visit him in Strumica like a year and a half ago, apparently, no, less, apparently negotiating uh, the removal of Kovacevsky from government and, uh, you know, bringing in Vemero and uh, Dewey in the government. Uh, so he's openly now scheming against Kovacevsky. He wants his party back. He wants to be in the government again. He feels that uh, he's underrepresented and that his people, remaining people in the government are not uh, getting enough of the of the deals and of the scheming and everything. Mm. So he had Gashi in Strumica. And yeah, we have an, an open challenge to the government to, you know, Gashi is counted in the opposition camp. Mm. So the government has about 64, 65 seats in parliament. The threat here is that Zaev will take five, ten people from SDSM, which he could mm. easily. Mm. 
after bankrolling the party for a decade and running it for so long. So yeah, this is the, his challenge now to the Kovachevsky government, that he will bring them down with the help of the Albanians, but especially with the faction in, in ISDSM. And this, you know, this can easily translate into a shooting war if mm. uh, we get down to control of territory in the Albanian neighborhoods. Mm. Well, a preview of coming attractions. Yeah. Wow. Well, that is that is sad. Ultimately, that's that's the only word for it. Uh, and and it's the ordinary people that suffer because of these scumbags. Yeah, just no, not to go to the church yet. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, hopefully that's that would be enough yeah. of a precaution. Yeah. Well, eh, these things have a tendency to spill over and expand. So. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, it's not gonna. It's not. It's not a safe no. place to live. It's. I feel. I feel dirty. You know, paying taxes now for this open plunder, Trubechtel and Artan Grubi. I feel unsafe. Obviously, yeah. It's. It's not. It's not a good place to to be at anymore. I mean, it's. Well, let's 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 put it. At let's that. let's move move on to another subject that'll make us all feel bad as well, uh, and that is so. Mm-hmm. So today we are. This is actually episode one fifty. Three, 153 of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast, and we're recording this on Monday, March 13. And it was just um, two days ago that um, Macedonia commemorated the 80th anniversary of um, uh, the deportation of Macedonia's almost the entire Jewish population of Macedonia. 7,144 mm. Macedonian Jews to Nazi death camps by the Bulgarians uh, who and of course this is this is an issue that the bulgaria and and macedonia an, an additional issue that has uh, been going on through the whole throughout this whole uh, time of discussing the uh, mm. the uh, friendship agreement etc and macedonia or bulgaria's effective veto on macedonia so stevo pendorovsky the president i'll give him credit he uh, he said that that there if there's going to be reconciliation between macedonia and bulgaria then Bulgaria needs to fess up, basically, and, and take uh, take ownership of, of this mm. uh, because the Bulgarian Bulgarians were the ones that deported the Jews of Macedonia to uh, I think it was uh, Treblinka death camp. Treblinka, yeah. And of course, the he says this over the weekend, and the Bulgarians, uh, of course, erupt in in anger and condemnation and yada yada yada. So, uh what um, what is the latest on that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty harsh statement from Pendarovsky at this point. He's playing hot and cold with the Bulgarians. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, demanding that they come out and apologize. They would give statements in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the Bulgarian position usually is obviously Bulgaria saved fifty thousand Bulgari- uh, Jews in Bulgaria proper. But this was largely because uh, so the story goes that uh, once the Bulgarians, the, the Jews in Bulgaria, realized what's happening to their brethren, who were the first to be deported from Macedonia and uh, uh, Aegean Macedonia and uh, Pirot, this sliver of Serbia, that they went panicked, obviously, to the Bulgarian government, to the Tsar, that the Tsar, uh, you know, he kept hiding from the German ambassador to one ski lodge to another. Uh, and Bulgaria lost the Tsar. You know, he died during the war after meeting Hitler, allegedly because he wouldn't go along with the full deportation, only deported 
the Jews from the occupied territories. Uh, they have an expl uh, they the formal position of Bulgaria is we are very proud that we saved our Jews mm -hmm. and we regret that we were unable to save the Jews uh, in these territories who were not our citizens. We were just administering the territories. But there is some division in their camps, so there, were, there would be like more left-wing, uh, more socialist, I guess, historians, politicians who would say, yeah, we need to take, assume blame for this, um, for the organ, organizing the, the deportation. I'm pretty sure that our government will cut a deal at one point with Bulgaria to blame it on uh, local authorities in Macedonia. Because, you know, uh, our government is desperate to negotiate uh, a deal where uh, Bulgaria will not insist on a negative portrayal of the partisan struggle in our history, mm -hmm. which is the only part of history that uh, the left here cares about. And I'm pretty sure they will be able, they will give away everything else, like uh, Gotsa Delchov, they will accept the wording that uh, the national liberation movement in the 18th, uh, in the 19th, 20th century, early 20th century, were all Bulgarians. Uh, and they will accept that Bulgaria does not have too much blame for the deportations, so long as they are allowed <clears throat> to keep a positive portrayal of Tito, the partisans, the, <clears throat> the Communist Party, etc. This is the my feeling mm -hmm. that we still haven't gotten to these sections of history, but I feel this will be the... They're, they're literally negotiating uh, with Bulgaria how to phrase different sections of history. There were some Jewish representatives, uh, like some Simon Wiesenthal types uh, who worked in his organization, who were pretty tough on uh, Bulgarian their statements, mm -hmm. pretty ag uh, aggressive. And yeah, Pendarovsky was out there and he's now reaping a lot of condemnation from uh, Bulgarian politicians. Um, but I think, I guess he believes he can do it now while we still don't know what the next government will look like uh, after the elections, once it's clear if uh, there will be like a liberal government of uh, Kirill Petkov or old-style government of Gerb and the socialists, uh, maybe with them or uh, maybe even the nationalists, who knows? Then we'll see what happens. Um, I guess he'll be more careful once once there is somebody <clears throat> in charge in Bulgaria. Yeah, that's right. Their, their elections are the first weekend, I believe, of April, so we're coming up in about three mm -hmm. three weeks from now. Um, I Yeah, you mentioned the Simon Wiesendorf, uh, Efrem Zurov, apparently, is, who was with the, the center mm -hmm. in Jerusalem, was at the event in Skopje and said, and uh, I quote, Bulgaria is trying to deny that it had any role in the deportations when they were responsible for the deaths of these people. That's pretty bold. Uh, mm. So he's directly blaming Bulgaria yeah. on this. And it, it's, he says it's a form of Holocaust distortion. Uh, so, um, yeah. So we'll have, yeah, we'll just kind of follow that. And... <laughs> I'd rather not play politics with this. It's pretty, yeah. it doesn't end well. I no. mean, uh... It's really a big issue to be using in... I mean, I was now describing it in the day-to-day -day political yeah. infighting uh, context, and it's a bit, you know, we, we, everything is politics, everything is day-to-day -day politics. We use history for uh, daily political gains and defeats and battles, but uh, this is a bit... 
a bit too much to, and you know even even Jewish representatives yeah. would do this. I mean, I, I would have, I would, I would notice in the past like a division between the Jewish community in Macedonia and in Bulgaria. In Bulgaria, they um, support the narrative, of course, that Bulgaria saved uh, its own population. That they have been saved. They have been, they have held high offices and have been a valued part of Bulgaria. And uh, I would sometimes see them, uh, you know, like tell our Jewish community, okay, let's not raise it to...